Hello, everybody, and welcome back to another episode of the InFight Podcast. My name is Michael Smith. I'm the host of the show, and I appreciate you guys joining me every single week. I appreciate all of my guests as well. And this week, I welcome a guy who is probably another great story of the power of social media as to how I met him. I met him through a friend who we'd been connected through social media for a number of years. We've actually never met the guy that I met him through. And just over a year ago when I was in the UK, I got the opportunity to go and meet him in person. And we went just to have a conversation, just to talk about things. He comes from a fitness background. He runs a gym, but more importantly, he has an incredible mindset. And it's that mindset that I try to tap into today. As you'll hear in the early parts of the show, I actually heard Paul say that he's really done doing podcasts. So it took me over a year to, I think, maybe get the courage or maybe respect his space. And I couldn't last any longer. I couldn't resist any longer. I had to ask him to come on the show. And fortunately, he said yes. This show could have gone on for a number of hours and it would have probably gone around in circles, which as you listen to the show, you'll understand that sometimes going around in a circle is often how life works and it's a massive positive. But I'm just truly grateful for the insights that Paul gave us, things that he shared, and I'm super, super confident that there'll be a lot of benefit for the listeners today. This week's show announcements, I spoke about it in the weeks leading up to Turf Games, and Turf Games definitely did not disappoint. We had seven teams out there, seven, not one seven. Maybe next year we will have 17, one seven teams out there at Turf Games. It was absolutely awesome from the teens all the way to the elite team, which was which had in it two coaches, three coaches, Andy, Sandro, and Jess. And then Vic, Holly, and Krios, that's six, right? Who managed to place third overall, which is absolutely phenomenal. There was 15 teams in the elite category, 96 teams in the intermediate category, and over 50 teams in the everyday category. So it's definitely a thirst for fitness. There are a lot more fitness events coming up. Turf Games will be back similar time next year, we believe. If fitness, working out. If you were down there, if you liked what you saw and you want to test yourself in that sort of atmosphere or should we call it arena, then there are plenty of fitness events coming up. There is one at the Dubai Muscle Show or Dubai Health Show, which takes place on the weekend of the 26th. Next weekend, there's also one during the Dubai Rugby Sevens, which is the first weekend of December. If you're interested in any of those competitions, give us a shout and we will let you know how we're getting involved or how you can get involved as well. And it's not just for elite people. That's definitely something that we saw on the weekend. Hop over to Fight, the slash news and you can read all about what happened at the Turf Games. And you actually read about all the different things that are going on at the gym in the news section, innerfightway.com. Coming up this weekend, we are kicking off, Toby is kicking off the training experience. If you haven't registered, if you're interested in that, if you can't make it to the first one, but you can make it to the others, as I said last week, you can kind of hop in and hop out if you want. Obviously, it's more beneficial that you go to the mall. They are not every weekend. Give Toby a shout, tb at innerfight.com 
and he will let you know how to get involved. We are just at the end or coming to the end, if you're listening on Friday morning, of Testing Week here in our class program, which has been massively successful. We've seen some great improvements and we've tracked all of that as well. So Testing Week will come back in 12 weeks time. Be ready, follow the program, follow the class program. We now enter into the next six week block. If you wanna know more about programming and how we put it together a few shows ago, I should really know the number. We did a show all about programming and how we put together the class program, but we now enter another six week block for that. Some dates for your diary coming up on December the 9th. I believe is a Saturday. It will be Celebrate Fitness, our end of year community workout that everyone is invited to take part in. And after that, we will be going for some lunch and some end of year celebration together. Venue will be released in a few days or maybe by next week, I'll know exactly where the venue is and what the setup is. But if you are here on December the 9th, please keep your diaries empty. In the morning, we'll work out about 90 minutes. We'll start about half eight, and then we'll go for lunch and some celebration at lunchtime into the afternoon. If you're looking for something to do next weekend, if you want trail and you want to travel, head down to Oman. It is the Himam Ultra Trail Race. There are distances from, I think the shortest distance is about five or 10K up to 100K. If you've not planned for the 100K, then probably don't enter that, but it could be a nice weekend away. Failing that, Dubai Run is happening on Sheikh Zayed Road next weekend, Sunday, the 26th of November. It is phenomenal. It is the most people that will run on one single condensed piece of highway, definitely in the world that I've ever, ever seen. I think they had 100,000 people there last year. I think you can do 5K and 10K, all part of Dubai Fitness Challenge. So if you want to get involved in that, it is truly unique. Unfortunately, we won't be there this year. A lot of us are traveling down to the race that I mentioned before in Oman, and there's a lot of other stuff going on, but it's absolutely incredible atmosphere. That's it for this week's announcements. Let's jump into the show. This is episode number 856 of the Inner Fight Podcast. A Warrior Mindset with Paul Warrior. Enjoy the show. Paul Warrior, this has been, I think, a long time coming. And I'm going to immediately put the blame onto you, mate, because I think around two years ago, I saw you say something, either on a podcast or on social media, about just not wanting to do podcasts. And normally, <laughs> normally, I would go straight for the jugular and go, I'm going to get him on my show. But I thought, I don't know, mate. I don't know why I had this level of respect. I was like, you know what? No. He says it. He means it. But, and, and I've been making notes for this show. There's not many, but I've been, it's been on my mind since that day. So, mate, thank you so much for breaking that and, and and coming on the show how's things yeah man it's all right it's all right always in always in a overthinking shift about what trajectories and where to go next so what next not to do for a while <laughs> that's a great start mate i want to start a little bit winding things back when i did first come into contact with you and we've actually been on at least one podcast together, yeah. which was quite a nice experience. And and then when we met in person just over a year ago, what I found 
incredibly strong about you was your ability to shoot straight and be very clear with with your words and not really in a society these days that that seems to care a lot and is worried about the consequences of what people say you are always very straight it doesn't mean you're arrogant or abrasive you're just straight from the start where talk to us a little bit about that mate where do you know where that comes from and is it is it something on purpose or where 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 is it how do you get such a great sort of personality trait uh, I, actually i think that's been challenged more over the last year or so i don't think i've been able to be that person and i think part of that has been a shift in personal beliefs um and when you shift your personal beliefs you can reflect on what you didn't what was right at the time but isn't right now Mm-hmm. and and again and that's one thing I, it's one of the reasons i stopped doing podcasts for a while because i thought myself saying the same thing and you, you say yourself say the same thing five or six times you start to question whether you mean it anymore and that's okay. something that like i've really been in kind of that flux with and the same with this year particularly with posting with like stepping back from social media as much as i was on it um so in terms of that i, I think i had some convictions that i was pretty sure about um pretty straight talking parents and was always pretty inspired by straight talking people mark twite being one of them but naturally not all without their flaws but with the convictions to say what what they meant at the time and understand that but i think as we go into a, an era where we're more socially conscious i think it isn't as easy to say the things and and i think it's now i think it's been more imperative that we stop and we reflect on the thing on our truths and values and start to realign our tongues with our hearts and and get a sharper way of what to say it's one of the reasons i stepped back a little bit and said you know i really want to dig deep and into my beliefs and see where where i can because i actually want to bring that sharpness back so that was a long-winded way of saying i don't know where it's come from it was something i valued about myself but something i have been concerned that from both society personal beliefs and and shifts that actually it's not always easy to be like that and Mm. um and if you don't care about the consequences that fine but you have to be aware there is consequences so yeah i think you have to get true to what you you have to get to what you truly believe and then you need to speak it into existence but i do think it's important to speak it into existence it's interesting, isn't it, when one of these, whoever it is, releases a, a new book and they go on the podcast circuit, as it were, and you see them maybe on Rick Roll, on Rogan, on Steve yeah. Bartlett. And it's very interesting what you said there, mate, that when you're constantly saying the same thing four or five times, it maybe makes you double guess if you actually if you believe it if it if it's the truth or if it's something that you just concocted and packaged somehow and then and then put that out that must have been quite a almost cathartic process because what we what you're essentially saying there is what you were speaking about you you started to maybe if I, if I got it right you were starting to maybe have not doubts about but wanting to dig a little bit deeper into and therefore the way to do that is is to step back not to charge yeah. forward in architecture often i always found that my first scribble 
and my last finished pro part of the project would always look almost identical. But there would be a point where that first scribble I thought was absolute nonsense and it would get scrumpled up and threw into the back of a drawer or something and be forgotten about for a long time. It would always be subconsciously there. But then you would go through a process of site analysis, investigation. You'd be looking up um, the history. You'd be looking up narratives, reading stories. And actually your, your initial thoughts were right, but they need to be refined sometimes. And you'd actually find that you would come full circle, but it wasn't without that process that you truly understood why you had that first, that first scribble, that first intention that was almost so innate, you would sort of scribble it without really thinking what you were doing. You just have a fat pen out and you just scribble a concept. And then, but you would have to go through, and I never understood it for a long time. I was always like, well, I already know what the answer is, but it was like, you don't, but you don't know why you had the answer. And once you do have it, when you're stood in front of examiners or stood in front of clients and you're trying to pitch your idea and your concept, it's because of the stuff in the middle that means mm. you can come back to that very simple truth, which was a bunch of lines on paper. You can come back to that. So, you know, but if I was quizzed by the same people on the initial sketch, I would have fumbled my words and spoke, you know, inconsistently about why I arrived at that point because mm. I didn't know. And telling people I felt it isn't always the the correct answer they need. I think that's that's an amazing, an absolutely amazing way to put it, and it it sort of aligns a little bit with with maybe gut feelings as well. Like you feel something in your gut, but whether to make a decision in a certain way, but you still sometimes need time to understand why you feel that. And it's the same as the example you've used there, Paul, with with scribbling something down. It's probably the right thing for your own and, and also to be able to not justify it, but justify it to yourself, I guess you need to do that background. And, and then the whole thing comes full circle, which is now you understand why you got that thing out of you in the first place, which is really cool. And I think one of the reasons of the, of the kind of the social media situation is the fact that it's so easy to post that first sketch. When that first sketch is what you should post, last in the process yeah this is where it came from this is my gut feeling this is what created the first step forward in the direction i'm taking but it wasn't the finished thing he and then and, 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 and then presenting the finished thing guiding people through the understanding and then showing people its origin you know because to ignore your heart is also a bad move because we all know that when you when you don't respond to those gut feelings right like I knew that was going to go wrong. Well, it's pointless saying it afterwards, you know. You have, to, <laughs> you, you have to act, but you have to act with you have to act with a level of, of exploration and intention. You are. We spoke a little bit. Or you spoke a little bit about your background in architecture, mate. And we're going to get a little bit to fitness later. But you, you, you are in the fitness space, and a lot of the fitness space promotion marketing is through social media and. I noticed when you went quiet on social media earlier in the year and I'm sure other people did. Social media is, is, is a big tool in our industry used, abused, overused. <laughs> uh, <laughs> we could, we could share all of our different opinions on it, but what it actually, it serves us in an interesting way because it enables us to get things, ideas, concepts, and our voice to people that 10 years ago, 
we wouldn't be able to do. It must be quite a big decision. And, and that voice impacts our business as well. It must have been quite an interesting decision to say, I'm going to step away from that. So do you want to talk us through bits of that process, mate, and how it started, how you felt about it, and, and, and maybe where it's taken you? I was... Um, actually, it was a really simple moment. It was when Threads got released. I was already stepping back from it. I was already a little bit unsure about what I was putting out and why I was putting it out anymore. And I felt, I felt I'd been sucked into this kind of this world where I'd stopped posting what I liked and what I created and started thinking of creating to post, which really didn't inspire me because, you know, I wouldn't like to think that like the famous artists of their time were creating these pieces of art because they were thinking, I'm going to get cool, free cool shots from this. You know, they weren't thinking from that point of view. They were thinking about beauty in the world and what they were creating and how that would shift. And, and, and those pieces of art have a, you know, can existentially shift people and can seismically change people's lives. And all of a sudden I found myself creating for this, for Instagram. Like oh, I'm just creating, I'm creating content. So I was like, well, this isn't something I ever wanted to be. I wanted to create mm. buildings or art or athletes. I never wanted to create content. Um, I didn't want to be a Canva expert or, you know, or anything <laughs> like that. Um, I don't use Canva, but, um, you know, that, that kind of thing. And, and, and I thought, when does this stop? When does this, when does this race for me to create? You, you only have, as a creative, I think I'm a creative, you only have so many creative choices and so many creative things you can, you can do in a day. And, trying to create three a day or one a day or seven a week, that doesn't leave a lot of a lot of fuel in the tank. Not if that's your, not your greatest passion. Um, some people's greatest passions are communicators, you know. Um, if, you're, if you're an evangelist for whatever you do, then your job is to spread a message. That's cool. And if, visual, if the visual component of that is part of it, that's great. Fill your team with evangelists and get that stuff out there. That's not me. Um, when threads came out on social media, I literally saw in a space of like this overnight thing, I literally saw everyone jump on it. So if you're on it, I don't mean any insult, but I literally saw everyone jump on it. I realized that no one had probably read the terms and agreements. No one had ever really decided whether it was better. I don't really want to get into a war with whether whether Zuck or Musk is the better guy, but equally <laughs> I felt equally very played. And... um I thought without any consequence, everyone jumped on and wanted to be the first person to jump on the bandwagon. And I don't think there's many moments in history where people jumping on the bandwagon was, I mean, especially in the terms of world atrocity, <laughs> jumping on the bandwagon isn't always a good thing, especially when you're not thinking about the consequence. Now, some people might think there's no dire consequence to just writing something on a post and posting it on Twitter or Instagram or or, or, or threads or whatever it's called but i did feel at that moment that none of us stopped and went hey are we all on board with this or are we just going to eat it up and i got lambasted with lots of people posting threads that day um and i just thought to myself wow we're really just hungry to be part of this thing without any consequence and at that moment i just went i need i do not want this to be um, the main source of my thought process through the day. How does this appear to other people? And 
what affirmation do I get for this? Because the public affirmation means that eventually the moment you turn around and say, let's do more of this, it got more likes. And you stop asking the question is, should we post this? Should I present this? Is the moment you answer to other people and the moment you answer to other people, whether you think the client is always right or the spectator is always right. You have to realize that you have just taken away your own free will in every way, shape and form. And I felt that being who I am, <clears throat> you would, um, I am a natural person to want to be liked. I want to, I, I'm people pleaser a little bit, although I tend to, tends not to come out like that in the end. But I, I, um, I didn't think I would just stop. I think I could have that intention, but you know, I've always put one, one extra hand in the crisp packet. And, um, and, and I thought, you know what, I'm actually just going to step away from this and think about what it is I want to share in the fitness industry. And I decided at the start of the year, I would give myself a quantity of time anyway. And through the year, this was one of the extra pieces I thought I'm going to, it's not a way forever. It's not something I'll ne never not use again. And okay, on my businesses, they do, I do post the odd post. Uh, but it was something that I was like, it's going to be a byproduct of something happening rather than an intention of making it for that thing. And it will be back in my life, but when it comes back in my life, it will be very deliberate. That's I was very cool. long-winded. No, mate, I think it's, it, uh, I'm fascinated. It's, you, you know, I'm interested in this stuff and I think people that listen to the show hopefully are interested in this stuff. One question that comes to mind pretty much immediately, and, and I'm not sure how I think the percentage of people that actually go into their app of screen time when it pops up, whenever it pops up, or if you don't let it pop up, that's probably a good or bad idea on a <clears throat> Monday morning. And it tells you how you've wasted your life or consumed your life on your phone in the last week. Something that I, I strongly suggest people do. One thing that you'll see is that for a lot of people, and I'm one of those people as well, quite openly, a lot of my time is consumed on social media apps, um, mainly Instagram. And I have it. I was thinking about it when when you were talking about it. I wonder if I calculated it over time where that time would get to because it's an opportunity cost, isn't it? We can yep. spend five hours a week on Instagram or for some people, five hours a day on Instagram, Facebook and, 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 and yeah, threads is another interesting one because it just, it's just somewhere else to do nothing really for most people just to be, and just to get distracted. So what my question is, mate, what have you done with that time? Because you, you were on there and you might've spent 30 minutes a day, 15 minutes, but any which way it's a few hours a week have just almost been, I won't say gifted to you. You've earned them because you've chosen to say no, but for the last months, have you purposefully replaced that time with something else? I mean, have you bought an Xbox or something or is it a little bit deeper than that? Um, prayer meditation and reading. And if my phone time outweighs that in a day, I'm very disappointed in myself. And that's conscious? Yes. Wow. That's nice. So a, an ideal day would start with 10 minutes outside 
um, 10 minutes outside, 30 minutes of meditation, some reading, 30 minutes of prayer would be an ideal morning. means getting up pretty early. <laughs> That's okay. If, I, like if, if, I'm cover, if I'm covering the morning shift, it will tend to just be, uh, it'd probably be more like 30 minutes trying to get some of those things done and then 30 minutes in the gym and then do something later on. Mm. Um, would be my time and that's how I wanted it to be I really wanted to spend conscious time working on getting all the noise out of my brain and trying to filter through where I want to go next year and where I want to where I want to go when this year's up um, and also making time to see how when your frequency changes when your resonance your attitude to things changes what there will be a <clears throat> there will start to be a tectonic shift in your life and things will move around. Some things will present themselves. Some things will disappear and you start to watch certain things crumble as other things are erected. And you kind of start to think, well, this is how the landscape is now when I walk through this. And, um, and that's something that I've watched happen. Um, and, you know, and, and try to embrace not always easily, easy, but try to embrace happening over the last year. So yeah, it's been a, it's been a very conscious decision. Um, not an easy decision and not a painless decision. Um, but, uh, but yeah, conscious. Painless. What's the, what, what pain have you, what pain has it brought? Where is, where is the pain in it? Um, well, I mean, in terms of like prayer and reading and meditation, I think it's, um, course correction realizing realizing like you're pretty much you're 95 percent unconscious through most of the day so everything is a response so again free will is you've given up free will you're going with old habits and behaviors like try and change that and see how that feels mm. and then try and change and then see how you are perceived because not everyone will dig the change due not everyone will be okay with that and you have to learn to be okay with other people with people you care about not being okay with you and that, that's a consequence. Um, look back at failed decisions, uh, failed actions, um, you know, looking back at those failures and taking away any responsibility from anyone else and give pure forgiveness to it and then taking on the responsibility of that and seeing where you, you know, where you've gone down certain paths with business, with life and looked at it and gone, yeah, I didn't, that I knew I shouldn't have went on that path and now I'm very far away from from the north point I need to redirect myself and so yeah that's that's painful I think is is yeah painful is a couple of things killing off the version of you which is useless and no longer serves you because that version's there you might have already done all of this work you might be cruising through life having a good time that's not to you but if you find yourself you know Every morning, waking up, taking a deep breath, saying, "Oh, you know, oh, we're in the trenches again." Maybe you've got to make some changes. And so there's that. There's the killing of that. And also, if you're a creative like I am, I also have a, a million dreams, a million ideas, a million ways I'd like to invest my time. And there is a version of Paul in every single one of them. I have to go put the gun to his head and pull the trigger every time as well. You know, so you have to kill that idea because it doesn't serve you. You know, I, I'm not short of ideas of things I could do. And the fear of 
the one thing that you are invested in, that the thing that you do want to do and you do want to or want to have, the idea that you're going to put all all of it in that means you have to, you know, kill a lot of the all the other ideas off. Um, that that's hard. Yeah, for sure. That's it's for hard. me because I've always had a million ideas. I've always had all these other <laughs> projects I wanted to work on. Everyone be like, "Oh, you haven't really done anything this year. Are you okay?" And I, and equally, I feel like I'm letting those people down. You know, not that mm. they're really feeling, not that they are let down, but someone messages you saying, oh, you're an inspiration. You were doing all these things. And I was like, well, I did some things okay, but I'd really like to do one thing really well and be proud of it. I really like to narrow my focus. Um, so yeah, I've had to, um, all those little gifted ideas that were in a box, you know, all those little ideas you've got, right, if this doesn't work, at least I've got this. And if this doesn't work, at least I've got this under a box. And at least if this doesn't work, at least I've got this. <laughs> under the bed that's a, a, like an idea that I've got going and it's like well actually you're going to have to just destroy all them flatline it you know burn the boat there's no going back mm. and I've had to do that conceptually in my brain this year so yeah it's been it's been a year of, of self-reflection <laughs> <laughs> if we take it back to one of the points that I started out with there as far as we use social media in not just the fitness industry, mate, it's used yeah. in, in, in many other industries as a, as a, as a marketing tool. Have you noticed a positive or negative impact on your business through, through what you've done? Um, I don't know what the correlation is between the business and post COVID. Mm. Um, you know, the, 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 the fluctuations in, behavior patterns where the people at first didn't want to collectively be together <clears throat> where i think people much more like being um much more gather corporately these days so i think that um i think that the in in the gym stuff is slightly more successful than the online programming stuff mm-hmm. but i i i don't put that down to just my absence um and i i do think it may have had an impact but i also put it down to um you know, there's some just some big programming companies out there who are just doing it. And where programming was quite a niche skill set, also, you know, I can think of 10 programmers just in the Northeast now who people who would like see themselves as programmers and have little small businesses or whatever. And, mm. you know, the big the big people that naturally, you know, the way that the world divided, you know, 20% takes 80% of all the clients. That's typically how it works. And, you know, the other the other 80% fighting for 20 percent of clients and it's a very small niche market and you know my reflections on online programming are changing so in terms of business there's probably been a probably been a a bit of a shift but um you know it, it was a it was an expected consequence in some ways and i'm not certain how much of it is just because of not being on social media but it's not affected the gym in the slightest let's go to the gym mate i walked into it around 15 months ago and we had what i thought was it was well i summed it up i wrote some notes on it and 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 actually sent them over to you your your gym and the way that you explained it you you were just about to re-affiliate or affiliate newcastle upon time uh but it was called campfire and i asked you why did you call it campfire maybe I don't want to butcher the story. I've got all the notes, but I don't want to butcher it. And it's not actually my story to tell, mate. But you had a gym, you had a space, and you called it Campfire. 
Why? Um, actually, it started off with a trip to Salt Lake City when I'd left a large commercial gym. And uh, I went to Salt Lake City and I met Mark Twight and uh, and the Blevinses and uh, all the lovely people around it, uh, the non-profit. Former Jim Jones, which was, well, some of those guys were part of the Jim Jones Collective and trained the 300 people and, you know, Wonder Woman and Jesse Momoa and all the cool people like that. And, you know, Mark's writings was something that definitely were one of the things that resonated with the with the speaking the truth. His writings are really good. But he also, if you read his writings, you'll realize that he he had course corrections along it as well. And um and yeah, so I went to listen to one of their talks and I ended up sitting on my own afterwards. There was this little drinking and eating thing and I just went and sat on my own in a corner, being a little introvert that I am. And Mark eventually <laughs> comes and sits next to me and we're chatting away and I expressed to him my um unhappiness with the fitness industry because as if I'm going to change it and a level of grumpiness and and just how I was just disillusioned with it all and um and how I was I was out basically and I was just looking to train myself and um we sat there at the end and just as he gets up I, I'm just getting to leave he's he's going off to do his own thing but thanks for chatting to me he's like right go and open your gym now I was like okay this is the last thing I want Mark I was like I'm not entirely sure you heard my story there and he went yeah but everybody needs to come around a campfire everyone needs to sit and talk about where they're at and there's people who need to do that and um yeah and that that was kind of that kind of manifested itself as a note in my notebook i had some other confirmations where other people had just randomly started using the word campfire at me and it was a reflection of what i needed to do when i got the gym and when the gym first opened i missed the third the, the original days because when the gym first opened we came in, we had a 30-minute discussion, we'd do a training session. The training session would be whilst we're talking about life and things like that. And being just being able to come around to each other and have a conversation while training and using the physical expression to inform how we would behave when we left the gym. Uh, and that was really, really important at the time. And originally when everyone came in, you had to put your phones on airplane mode. There was no photographs to be taken in the gym. There was, you know, it was all done in silence. Uh, not the conversation, but, you know, externally. This is where we were. Mm-hmm. It was a tool to help you. No one else needs to know you're going to train here. Go back out into the world. And, you know, it was a really good space. And there is key moments, particularly when I have people who are visiting, where that really gets to happen again. I've got a really good friend, Henry, a friend, Chris. Uh, some of the guys who I know, we do clothing. Philip North operates out there. And every night, you know, we still have glimpses of those really cool moments where we get to we get to just have open discussions and have conversations about life mm-hmm. and you know one of the great things about that and not to devalue a podcast is sometimes it's the sometimes it's the accidental the incidental conversations that happen the incidental moments um and the things that you say freely that are almost not recorded and might maybe even misheard that can have such a seismic shift on your life it's those little things the the the, 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 the they're invaluable there's no value to them but also you can't make profit from them you know and that's what gives them the essence and the beauty and you know you always get people where you've had a conversation with them and they ring they'll ring you up and say just because of you i've opened a coffee shop or just because of you i've made this big change in my life i'm like cool I don't even remember that specific sentence in a conversation, but but I'm so glad 
I'm so glad that that conversation, whatever it did, had something that landed for you. So that's why the campfire began the way it did. Um, and and this conversation when you contacted me was actually in 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 the viewpoint of there is some very big values that I've been sitting with from that that time and that experience which need to be reimagined. Mm. <laughs> the a lot of talk in the world these days is about scale and about impactful and you have a unique skill set you have a unique mindset and you're doing things like like you just said you're inspiring people to go out open the coffee shop get out of a relationship that they're not happy in start walking buy a dog meditate pick up a prayer book we could go on i keep on telling people on. i keep telling people not to buy dogs they keep buying them anyway <laughs> you have this ability mate and i'm sure you know it's it's fascinating listening and it's it, it i'm so grateful that you're talking and we can share this with people at a bigger scale because you're impacting me because i'm having this conversation but the people that listen to this show is the scale and now you're able to create a bigger reach and we need good people like you that have vision, that have substance, that have the ability to not always talk, but listen and the ability to draw a sketch and then come back to that sketch. Like you spoke about one year, three years or 10 years later and understand why, and then push that out in the world. So how do you mix that? Like you can have, and you are having mate, such a profound impact on people. And there are a lot of tools. I agree with you. Like when, when you sit in that room, your gym has a feeling around it. It's, it's, it, I could describe it in so many ways and you will never get the conversations that you get. But if you had cameras, which we now have the ability in the modern world to have, if people could get sound bites yes that conversation might flow a bit different and because we're recording now we talk slightly different to when we sit across the table from each other and we all know that but what i'm thinking mate is that there's so much potential for you to have impact at such a huge scale but and without sounding harsh it seems like you're moving in the other direction which i think is amazing as well but i'm just trying to i'm trying to put the two together <coughs> I don't think I'm moving in the other direction. I think I'm reorientating myself. Um, I I don't want to not communicate. I just want to find a way of communicating more effectively. Um, for me, I'm a little bit more inspired these days by longer form stuff. Um, so my conversations around what who I've been talking to around what I want to do has been much more about how do we do things that maybe have a little bit more meat on the bones? How do we create the work of art that gives something which has a seismic shift, but you don't, you only get, you only get, you can't make 365 of them. You can make four or five. It's a realistic thing. And if you look at works that like, <clears throat> Um, you might not love his clothing, but if you look at things like Jerry Lorenzo with what he's done with Fear of God and 
Um, the, 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 he doesn't do tons of interviews. He does a few, and he's on collection eight now. And his you know his clothes are sold all over the world. Like if, if people don't know fear of God, it's usually the one they, they're kind of the more affordable component of their brand is called Essentials. Uh, he's now collaborating with Adidas. He's an incredible influence. But if you look at his photography output from his campaigns, it's 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 an output. It's say ten pictures, but it's only ten pictures. And they're all very beautifully done. He does a video and it's a three minute video and it'll be a ballerina in a space that's run down and it's beautiful and elegant. And it and it moves you in a very different way. It moves you deeply. Even if you don't like his clothes, it moves you deeply. Everything is is, is getting made with um, real consideration and taste. And as a result, he, he, you know, and it is coming off the back of him being involved with Kanye and Don Duran all these are the creatives. But if you look, he's like, it, it's gathering enough momentum that it shifts the way people dress, it shifts the way people consume, it shifts the way people see things with this gradual building and growing of something. And it's really nice to see. And it's not a frantic Instagram account. Mm. It's just tasteful and precision, you know, like a David Chipperfield piece of architecture. It's just precision. You know, it's tasteful and it will move you, move you more than anything else. So I'm not trying to, I'm not trying to, um, I'm not trying to not grow in scale. And, and is, that has been a problem for me. I'm not really very good at marketing. I'm usually very anti-marketing. And if something starts building, I'll generally burn it down. Um, but, um, <laughs> but that's not, that's not where, I, that's not where I want to be. That isn't where mm. I want to be moving forward. So I want to lay proper foundations and I want to build with that slow, tasteful shift. And as a result, he shifted culture. Or he's shifting culture. He's created an incredible name for himself. Um, and he's pulling out incredibly tasteful pieces. Um, and it's not with a bang. It's definitely not with a whimper. And I really admire that. And at the end of it, he has an incredible body of work. And that's cool. Well, that's really cool. You know, I think it's refining, and I think you've used that word. So I'm probably repeating what people might have already heard you say, mate. But it's it's a little bit refining where you're at, taking stock, really understanding, and you know, does scale mean three Instagram posts a day and seven podcasts a week, or like you've just said there? Does scale mean doing something, doing it incredibly well and creating a profound impact? And are you trying to get to the people that will, that want to see new stuff every day? Yeah. Probably not. You're trying to get to the people that appreciate what you do at Campfire, what you do as a human and the, your ability to have these conversations because that's actually, it's more understanding and refining, well, not refining, but understanding exactly where your skill set lies. And everyone, mm -hmm. everyone's skill set is very different. Yeah. I mean, um, some of my friends who do some, some fitness stuff in London, they aren't putting out loads of content. And uh, they're a clothing brand, and they're not putting out loads of content. They're putting out very tasteful content infrequently. And they put out their product launches. And so many people are getting into fitness or around fitness or in buying the trainers that they're wearing, which are running trainers, so they're running more, you know, which is right up your alley. And they're getting involved in that culture and they're not doing it through a million posts and people saying, they're not even telling people what they're doing. I mean, 
for the best part, they, all their newsletters, I wrote all of their programming. Um, you know, and, and I've worked, I work with people within that, within their, within their collective, you know, mm. um, that's where the hybrid programs, um, is, is generated from is a, is a, is a sort of byproduct of working with those guys. And, um, but again, they are shifting culture and they're getting, they're getting as many, if not way more people training than a CrossFit gym posting three posts every single day and reels every single day, you know, we're impacting maybe 50, maybe a hundred, maybe 200 people, you know, mm. they're, 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 they're wider impact because it, because they're affecting more. They're, they're, yeah. they're not just affecting your idea to change that making you want to change they're making you want to be part of a culture they're making you want to buy the trainers it's making you want to look after yourself a little bit more they're making you want to and and and, and, and they don't really share all of their their followers stuff they're very they're very um selective about what they share and post but i know it's having a profound impact and i know every time i see someone wearing a pair of their tracky tracky bottoms in town i know those people are are going to be getting in the gym they're going to be doing some dips going to be doing some bench and they're going to be doing some running at the track you know they are and you catch a glimpse of it like seeing a pair of you know um f light 260s or 230s whatever they were back in the day you know the uh the innovate blue trainer that yeah you know like, you know you, those trains when you see them at, when you saw them in airport you'd be like that guy knows that guy yeah. knows how to go hard you know <laughs> you would spot it and and, yeah. and that's what I'm seeing now. I'm seeing the glimpse of an emblem on someone and being their culture's changed, and they'll change the people around them. That's that's the kind of that's a shift. That's a real shift, you know. And no one people say to me, "I want to train like them," and I'm like, "Cool, just do this program." That's what they, they've done. Oh, that's based on some stuff I've written for them. All oh, right, okay, but I want to do what they do. And I'm like, yeah, it's just that. But but I I thought it was going to be different. I'm like, it's not different. It's just that. It's just because it's perception. It's perception, but the key thing is it's getting people up and out. When I told one of the coaches that works with me that I'd had a meeting with you or come up to Newcastle, he's from he's from Newcastle. Uh, he said, "Isn't that guy the hipster of CrossFit?" <laughs> Which made me laugh, mate. But where I want to go now is and that's why I'm it on quite a, quite a light note I've never been called that <laughs> I thought you might well you can't punch me through the screen right so that's all good but you've been around the sport of CrossFit for, for a long time mate you've seen a lot of different things you've you've made as you've alluded to a little bit you you you're an artist at heart you've made programming into an art you love it it's, you can feel it off you give us a little rundown on where you came from as far as crossfit goes mate and maybe where it's at and then maybe where maybe where we see it going which i know is probably a whole other show in itself but it seems like a waste not to firstly abuse you for being the hipster of crossfit <laughs> but secondly drain your knowledge literally the most hurtful thing anyone said to me <laughs> People say it. People say a lot of me. <laughs> oh, mate. I don't mean it like uh, that. Nah. Nah. I've stopped drinking flat whites, just so you know. Um, <laughs> Good. It's the cortado now. Um, oh, Jesus. <laughs> um, so, actually, my 
my journey into CrossFit was uh, again another another accidental one. It was it was based on me looking for Jim Jones um, type style training at the time, um, which was fun. To, which was which had a lot of components of CrossFit in it, and you know I think he did a lot of the earlier conversations with Greg. If you know like Greg and Mark's story, and then I think they they went away. Mark wrote a, a pretty pretty interesting article I think called "There Was No Such Thing as a Free Lunch," which I think pretty much ended their friendship. Mm. Mm-hmm. At least until now, um, and I love that article. Um, and uh, and so yeah, but then I, I stumbled across it. So I think a lot of people. I think it's a, this was another thing, another cultural thing that changed the fitness industry is the three hundred movie. Yes, you know, I mean, so many people now are like clusters, like old school people in this. They weren't the old school. There was a generation way before us who were doing it, and um, loads of generations and. You know, I watched the 300, then all of a sudden I thought I needed a kettlebell, you know, um, and it kind of built on that. Um, I stumbled across this gym, um, CrossFit Tyneside, um, a kid called John Wallace, like a 16-year-old little, like, prodigy, badass athlete. And, uh, yeah, I went there. He was built like, you know, he had that CrossFit physique, which is different to everyone else's you'd seen before, right? There was no slim waistline anymore. It was like, hey, he's like this little little jacked barrel you know <clears throat> and uh you know lean and, and 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 could do all these things we had kegs in the gym we had kettlebells in the gym we hadn't had rings or anything didn't really exist like that yet then um weren't really easy to purchase and i think i was probably his first one of his first proper crossfit clients um and i stayed in that in that and followed the trajectory of the growth of that gym into something it's like a mega gym now it's pretty cool um and I followed that trajectory as it grew and, you know, eventually became a head a coach in there. Um, had the benefits of getting to travel a little bit to see a little people through seminars. Um, I had this conversation with someone. We had an argument about programming, which I actually didn't know a lot about, but I kind of, through architecture, understood the principles of, of what was needed. And we both decided as a bit of a competition, we'd, we'd kind of bit of an argument. We'd program for a couple of different people and, and uh, I actually realized I had a passion and a niche for it. And um, so I, I, I got more involved in the programming stuff. That allowed me to go to places like, I went to France several times to do seminars, went to Switzerland, went to Norway, went to like loads of places um, um, to do seminars to talk about fitness. At one point I was work, working with people in Senegal, like working with people all over the world like that. And yeah, I just managed to be able to kind of grow a reasonable online I guess reputation and got to be involved in CrossFit in what was definitely felt like the big large growing spurt of it being, you know, I was there involved in the first open, you know, um the original sanctionals, they were sort of existing as I was getting into it. I was gonna be involved in the first open, got to kind of be through that whole progression of it growing through that and got to see it happen whilst getting to travel, getting to meet new cool people and getting to develop the skill of programming um but that was my my get into it really and watch it grow crazily it has grown like i reflect on this a lot mate because i mean i think we first first started chatting to one of my mates opened up crossfit gold coast in australia in like 2004 and you know we'd we'd sms each other stupid workouts back and forward and you know there was no well there was no facebook there was there was nothing mate there was you know and and i think about 
in that time, we're talking about CrossFit originally is sort of pre-2000, but yeah. I've had exposure to it for, for 20 years now. Yeah. And during that time, we've seen a, an incredible number of fitness concepts, let's say, or fitness trends come through. You know, obviously recently a lot of people know F45, uh, there's, there's just, there's just been hundreds and, you know, Les Mills did a fantastic job to grow the industry for us and, and, and all of this, but it's one P90X P90X. <laughs> Let's go. <laughs> <laughs> and I mean, mate, we get, you know, there's, it would be amazing to see a fitness timeline of fitness concepts. And there's two things in my opinion that have remained and, it seems if they've remained for 20 years that they will still remain. One is your big box Globo gym. There will always be a demand for it because that's yep. what our subconscious programming is. And the only other one that remains and will remain is CrossFit, which is somehow mind-blowing when you think about how everyone started and and, yep. and, 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 and what it is. Are you of the same thoughts mate is the future like i i don't it's hard to say is the future bright i think the future is insanely solid as the last 20 years have been uh yeah i think i think i agree i think it was uh, one of the reasons for affiliating was honoring honoring the educational process that allowed me to do what i do as a career um honoring the methodology which i still think is very right you know i think the basic principles and the basic methodology you know the original, the original journal articles. I think still pretty much bang on. You know, um, and yeah, I think people like community and training, and they like to identify with a with with a brand in some way or another. And I think CrossFit is the only solid foundation to that. Um, so yeah, I think I think the future is great. I think the future seems it will it will go. I think it is does seem to be fluctuating. You know, in terms of like. Affiliates closing versus affiliates opening. It's definitely a different a different era right now, mm. you know. And I think that's 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 prevalent. <clears throat> I think I think there's things we could do better as a as communities and community leaders. I think you're, you're pretty solid. I, I read some of the stuff you put out, and you know, and, and 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 I've spoke to you about businesses and about how you how you get people on board and how you get on people board with different areas of what you're doing. And it sounds really good. I, I think it's very difficult for smaller gyms to have a really smart business model um, without being bigger. I think it's very difficult for some gyms to survive. And I can understand that. And especially in this era, I can only in the short run, I can only really see, I can see the smaller ones struggling, especially in the UK. Mm. Because small businesses are struggling in the UK. Why is that? Prices are going up in most areas of things like rent in terms of software, anything you need to buy, the costs are going up. And I think the the amount you can charge and, and it's fair to charge, can't, it's hard to reflect in that. Mm. You know? Yeah, it's tough. It is tough. It is tough for people at the moment. But, you know... Um, Hopefully the good will the good will prevail, and I think being good is 
is difficult because you can be great at what you do. But unfortunately, I think you have to be a little bit more business minded, which is something I'm I'm having to upskill myself on. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, you can't just be esoteric all the time. Um, <laughs> so you have to. So I think I, I can't see CrossFit going anywhere. Um, but also, I am always excited to see what does pop up and what that can bring to the table. Because what CrossFit's really good at is when things pop up and bring to the table, it usually extracts what's pretty good from them anyway. <laughs> I guess, and you mentioned it before, mate, one of those things is is obviously Hyrox is popping up and, and getting everyone quite excited. Yeah. Mixed, mixed, mixed thoughts in my brain about that. The good guy and the bad guy. <laughs> what's I mean, your what's your rundown well, feel, on it i think it i think it's been i mean I, if you're doing it then like again i'll shoot myself in the foot but everyone's just capitalizing on especially gyms are capitalizing on it and you know i've got clients i'm talking to them and i'm just like i'm thinking of doing a high rocks i'm like just go do one then and they're like no no i need to train for it i need to do high rocks training i'm like not really been out enough for anyone to understand what high rocks training is just go a bit longer for a while like you know yeah. You work the you work the mid range. You're working the short range. Then maybe now like work the short range and the really long range. Add some long runs in. Add some long cardio equipment in. You know, yeah. I don't see I don't see it being dialed in enough to truly like. I do work with some clients and I do some individual high rock stuff. But I mean, a lot of that that I program for, <clears throat> I do. I like to do like pain training, like pain threshold training. So a lot of like, I like to break that down into. Um, um, physical and positional discomfort. Um, so getting people against, say, front rack kettlebell hold, two heavy kettlebells. Put your stomach in your put your put your elbows in your stomach so you can't breathe. Hold it. Stand there for seven minutes. Mm. Like positional discomfort. Mm. Real life scenario: you bought too much shopping from the shop and you're trying to get it to your car without dropping it. <clears throat> positional discomfort. Then there's meta- metabolic discomfort. So I putting yourself in, in such a higher capacity that you, you know, that you suffer the after effects of 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 of, of lactic as fuel and you have the horrible burning sensation and you're gonna puke your guts up. Or you have the muscular endurance thing where it's, you know, the the barbell's so light, but you've got to do five hundred reps with it. It's a thousand air squats for time, you know. You can do it, but it sucks. And, you know, and, and, and it's taking components like that. And it's why would you put stuff like that? And it's like, because I want people to be uncomfortable and being okay with it, knowing they're not going to die. So when I'm working with my with the people who are doing high rocks, I'm working a lot on physical discomfort. And then also getting them going long, doing muscular endurance sets of things. But maybe it's just my brain. Maybe other people might need to think and program that and think it's this big event. I'm just like, nah, let's just give these guys something that sucks. Like, it's just like, Let's just navigate it towards the target a little bit more. Let's shoot a bit sharper. But I think most people can get through it, you know? It's an an interesting one. We had it in Dubai recently, and it's exactly what you said, mate. The next week, everyone's jumping on the bandwagon, and half a dozen people messaged me or saw me and said, oh, when are you starting a high rocks class? And I said, well, there's there's two components to this. I'll start a high rocks class if you're still interested in a year, is number one. And secondly... I actually been running high rocks training for the last 15 years because I have a really strong running program and an incredibly strong CrossFit program, which does 
quite a lot of those yeah. things that you said. You, you come to my Friday workout, it's all incredibly, it's aimed at putting people in, in painful situations to build mental resilience. And then, you know, the CrossFit program through, through the week is, is ticking off, you know, all the movements that that are there so i'm i'm absolutely confident and and i mean one of our coaches i think she placed third pro so it's kind of a yeah. little bit <laughs> the proofs yeah. in, in 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 the pudding you know yeah i've had a couple of podium finishes a couple yeah. of podium finishes like my team came sixth a few years ago when i did it it wasn't that bad really that was yeah. just when i was coming through my injury you know yeah um, and it was fun. Don't get me wrong. And you know what I do like about it is it's drawing people outside of the CrossFit umbrella into fitness. Hundred like, percent. That's a really cool thing, right? Like everything that we say, or when we like a level of judgment to it. The bottom line is, how do we get as many people as we can training and, and being well? Yeah. Like yeah. you know, if we increase wellness, <laughs> and then we can decrease poverty. Not us specifically. That's not my. I'm just the fitness guy. <laughs> decrease poverty like we're, we're in a much better place as a, as a humanity and you, you know and and things like high rocks which is getting people in who think i can't do crossfit but maybe i can do this this thing that's going to take me an hour or a couple of hours um this might be cool you know and, yeah. and it's not coming in as a crazy high skill thing because yeah, as crossfit as crossfit has geared itself as crossfit has geared itself to, well, it's standardized itself which is nice but it's geared itself more towards the open so as CrossFit has grown, the athletes and the potential and, and the capabilities in the gym have increased massively. Things that took us years to learn to do take people like a few months now. However, when people walk in the, and they've never seen it before, they haven't seen the slow progressions and the, and, the, and the progression in skill in the coaching that we can make people do things now, people don't realize that it used to take us months to teach people to do muscle-ups or to do kipping pull-ups. Now it takes mm. a few weeks maybe if they've got, like, if they've got the, 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 the bare minerals. So like the base mineral. So, you know, when we set a boundary for ourselves, we had to, people walk in, they do a random drop in the workouts. What was the CrossFit.com workout the other day? 400 meter run, 50 double unders, five wall walks plus one wall facing strict handstand push up every rep. I, I get, I, I understand that it can be scaled. But I also understand someone walking in the gym and seeing a bunch of people do that is, is a high, is a high entry level, is a high mm. bar. You know, something like High Rocks comes up and it's actually dropped that entry level and people will do that. And maybe like me searching for a, a Jim Jones thing, they will navigate their ways towards a CrossFit style of training. Mm. So, mate, I, normally, I like to ask people what they're excited about and I normally get one thing, but I want to, you're a lot more, you have a lot more depth. Not that other people I speak to don't have a lot of depth. That's just, <laughs> absolutely those just shallow slammed, those shallow people slammed everyone <laughs> but mate what are the two things maybe right now in your life that you are most excited about or and or most looking forward to what what really you've had a big change it's been a big year we could have gone into dealing with adversity we could talk for hours but i respect i respect your time and i respect the listeners time as well so what are the what are probably the two things that really get you fired up these days oh well, uh, i am i don't know if it's things particularly i i am very aware that i've how i've navigated this year not to everyone's cup of tea but i am very aware that i want to 
Um, I'm going to set the fire in the campfire again. That's what I'm excited about. Period. Mm. Mm. Everything else is going to come underneath that. Everything. Cool. So the campfire is, as far as I'm concerned, like, so the, the terms of how I've been trying to, I've had so many components um, and, and it's been hard to figure out, come back to the original sketch is you have a clothing company with built up North. You have all of these little things and everyone's like, you've got too many things going on. It's, and, and I have I felt pulled apart in all of them and a different person in every single one of those boxes. So I want to take the strain off myself by narrowing it all down into just being the campfire. And all those things are in all those things are conversations with myself or other people around it. That's very cool. And, and I don't want the rhythm of what I do in the future to feel like I don't want to be on Instagram trying to ride every wave. I mean, to, like, I just want to ride my own wave and ride it well. And so I have some creative concepts about how I would like my output to look like. And I'm speaking to a bit of some, some people around me. I was saying, I don't want to say media team because that makes me sound like I want to make media. People who have got skill sets with graphics or skill sets with art. And I want to produce less, but produce it well with meaning and a reflection of the fitness industry and a reflection of the people I engage with in the fitness industry. So, you know, I've got people who are like been working with this guy who hadn't been able to walk unassisted since 2008. Um, and he's walking now. We did, we did a mild walk last week in 25 minutes, which is pretty cool. Um, wow. So we've got a story like that, which is, you know, that's, that's a one end of the story. I helped a guy who never who told he wouldn't play football again after a hit surgery helped him play do a workout with me with like kickups in the gym i've got people like that but then i've got friends who are who are starting their own clothing companies who are working in the fashion industry or working in all these different components and they're just a, they're just a minor reflection of the people in me and around me sorry and they're all they're all not that separated in their ambition their strive their vision of being able to see the future um and being guided and they can be beacons as well and i'm much more interested in about that isn't an instagram post and it's not a typical little documentary style video where i make it look like i helped some guy walk like um i don't want it to look like this kind of song and dance sales pitch where i take credit for some someone's hard work it's, i want it to be um in the cert tip because they're all guys i'll say that was a brotherhood a discussion you know, it was the words that it, it was the words and his belief that got him out of the chair, you know, and it's same with my friends with his vision for the clothing company and and what they're seeing in their brains. and They're making out of nothing, you know, and we're all doing the same. We're transforming ourselves. How do I best articulate that, that it can impact you? So it's not you pull your phone down once and it's lost in the feed for eternity. Because that's not meaningful. That's just a quick dopamine hit um in this in a sea of cortisol you know it's one breath out the water before you search for the next breath <laughs> mum wanted to check if i'm okay hey mum <laughs> <laughs> i love it i love it except it's you except called some guy a hipster um <laughs> so yeah so 
so I'm excited. I don't have the answer fully yet, mm. but I'm much further away from where I'm much further away my thought process of where I was and much nearer where to, to where I think it's going to go. And you know, I'm most excited about being creative in it and making it happen. And I'm not too sure what that looks like. And now I'm setting a big picture of myself, but um, it's not what I'm trying to do because I also don't care. I'm do I am doing this for me and doing it in a way that I think will honor the people who are involved and around me. And right. sensational, absolutely sensational. I want to, um, I think it's right, mate, that to sort of maybe close it out from my side, I share the, the words that you said, or that I put into, um, some text after, after we met about the campfire, because I think this brings a lot of things together and your words into my writing said, everyone needs a campfire. It's a home, a necessary comfort in this crazy life, a place of safety, a place to think, to talk, to listen, to share, to have conversations that inspire change. Everyone needs a campfire. Find yours. You're a legend, I mate. Sums, I think that sums it up, mate. Thank you. You're an absolute legend, Paul. It's inspiring, mate, and it's it really is. You've you've served you've served us, and if one person listens or it goes to scale, it's who cares. We've had a good chat, and exactly. I really I really appreciate you, mate. Thank you, mate.